Hello, and welcome to Let's Have a Chat Podcast with your host, Edgar Salinas. Guys, we made it. Episode 9. On this episode, we have my good friend, Orion Estrada. Orion Estrada is jack of all trades, barber, entrepreneur, day trader, photographer, artist. There's nothing this man can't do. I love his mindset. I love his advice. Every time I go get a haircut with this man, it's like I learned something new. On this episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about mental health, physical health, and who really is Orion. We'll also be talking about how to be a barber, some tips here and there. Again, this episode is going to be full of jams. And again, we do it all for you guys. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let's Have a Chat podcast. We got episode number nine. We got my lovely guest today. We got Mr. Orion Estrada. Orion, how are we doing today, brother? What's going on, everyone? I'm doing pretty well today, bro. Thanks for asking. How about you? Perfect. Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I know we were talking about the heat wave in Texas, and you were telling me that your electric company sent you a text to higher up the temperature in your in your place, correct? Yep. Not doing it, man. I'm not following with these energy companies. Mm-hmm. The last time we yeah, did dude. that, we ran out of power. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want to do that. Why follow the rules, right? So first of all, nope. the big question is, and the people at home have this big question, who is Orion? That's a big question. And I know if you've heard this question many times in your life, my friend, but who is Orion? You know, I, I can be here for an hour and say that you do this, but I'm going to go ahead and let you take this on your own. Just tell us a little about yourself, brother. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's it's, it's crazy because who is Orion? Basically, I'm an individual that loves to live life um, on their own terms. I take a lot of risk. Uh, I can be introvert and extrovert. What I do enjoy uh, about the life that I live right now is that I have so much freedom. It's either a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I'm not from the Valley. I'm from Houston. So I'm like one of those individuals that took the big leap of faith and decided to start a new life, which is kind of crazy because I don't think a lot of people are able to say that. And sometimes people are scared to take that step and actually say, you know what, to start a new life, I'm just going to move. And it's always that fear, but I did it. And I think it's because I love to take risks. I love to choose the road that's unknown to people. The road that's never been walked before. That's the individual that I am. Love that. Love. And you, you spoke about freedom. And I think that's the, the goal. That's the goal in life is to have freedom. You know, you, you because of social media, because of movies, we see these cars, we see big houses, we see all this money. And don't get me wrong. I love all those things. But sometimes mm-hmm. freedom, freedom to do what you want to travel, to see your family, to see your friends. I think that's the main thing that we should all focus on. And luckily I'm following some people on social media that have that similar mindset, you know, because, and, and you've seen this before, the thumbnails, the guy in the Ferrari and the Lamborghini oh, yeah. and the, hey, hey, hold up. Yeah. Give me, give me three <laughs> minutes and I'm going to show you how to make this amount of money. And don't get me wrong. You know, that's awesome. They, they studied, they did their thing, but again, freedom. I mean, I want to wake up. I want to, uh, I think Warren Buffett has this quote: "If you're not making money in your sleep, you know you're not you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right." Oh yeah, yeah. So freedom so you are is really... from Houston, from H Town. Yeah, mm-hmm. freedom, Houston, freedom Texas, is bro. is is key. So Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. and how how long were you in Houston, by the way? So to be honest, I was born in South Texas. I think at the age of five, mm-hmm. I moved out to Houston with my mom. Uh, parents were divorced growing up, 
so my mother took care of me and uh, she followed her mother into Houston. So she said there was a lot of, you know, opportunity to make money. So she moved out there. And uh, my mom, she was more of an entrepreneur herself in a sense. You know, this is somebody I kind of look up to. I think that's probably one of the questions you asked me, like, well, who do I look up to personally? And I think, you know, let her rest in peace, right? Because she passed away, you know, uh, about years ago. But she was an entrepreneur, bro. She She was a woman hustler. And I think that's where I get, you know, my edge in life of taking risk and, you know, having the freedom to do whatever I want because I decided to to choose that path to build, you know, myself up. But for the most part, I've been in Houston for, so from the age of five all the way till 19, I moved back down. So I guess you can say I'm a city boy. So you were there for, there we go, there we go. And you know, it makes me happy, man. That makes me happy that your your mother was an entrepreneur, and that's man. I've seen you as a, not only a barber, and we'll talk about that. Not only as a barber, but you know, a guy of many hats, man. A guy of many trades. I mean, by the time you finish giving me a haircut, you've taught me this. You've told me about that that you want to do this and that. So you know, uh, that's awesome that you you were looking up to your mom and saying, and that's that's great that you got this entrepreneurship from her, and you know. She's still in your heart, man, and it makes me very happy that you still think of her to this day. So, speaking about entrepreneur, what what is something that your your mom did that labeled her as an entrepreneur? What did she run her own business? Did she, you know, make things? What was it about about that certain thing that made your mother an entrepreneur? Yeah, so <clears throat> basically, um, you know, around that time, I think it was like you know two thousand two, right? So she was in a ma- she was a manager in an apartment complex. And that's one thing I remember growing up. Mm-hmm. We lived in apartments. Like, that's basically where I started off. Um, so as she was a manager, she would also involve people and basically, hey, you know what? We know that people are going to move out of this apartment. And it does take time to hire workers, contractors to clean up. So she decided to hire her family members. And she started like a painting or a carpentry okay. business. So when somebody moves out, she would send in her cousins and they would clean up whatever, change it up. And then she'll take the the money from the apartment complex, which is paying the crew, right? Which is her business. And then she'll break bread with them and she'll take the profit. So not only was she, you know, a manager, she was, she had have her own uh, painting or carpentry business. And on top of that, she was actually a saleswoman too, because she was setting life insurance. Look at that. Uh, so she found an issue. People would move out. And when people move out, they leave the apartment complex a mess, it, this and that, paint chipping. And I, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm, it makes me very happy that she found an issue. She found a problem and she ended up coming up with a solution. And at the end, she made some profit. And, you know, man, she's, she's like you, man. She's like you. Uh, so life mm-hmm. insurance, you know, at the apartment complex was a manager. And that makes me happy, man, that you, you're getting those traits from your mom as well. So. You are my barber. You've been my barber for a couple of years now. Why Why being a barber? Why barber school? Did you wake up one day, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, I want to cut hair. What, what happened in your life that made you decide to become a barber? You know, I've been cutting for nearly 15 years already. And uh, I want to say barbering. I can't say barbering saved me from the streets. I really can't say that. Barbering was mm-hmm. a hustle for me back then. And it still is now. And, um, you know, with me growing up with no parents and then my mom passing away at an early age, 
I found myself in a place where um, I ended up in a new school. And in that school, I would always get bullied. And from there, I would fight back. My grandma would get pissed. And so it wasn't just me fighting, getting in trouble at school, but also my brother and my uncle. And uh, my aunt, she had a ranch. So my grandparents would send us to that ranch. And she thought we were just doing labor and work to learn our lesson, right? Turns out uh, what she didn't know about my aunt was that she was dating a drug dealer, you know? And that's where things got a little bit tricky. So during the day, I learned my lesson, right? Picking up horse poop, uh, cutting the grass, leaves, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But at nighttime, he would take us to certain places. And at that, I think I was like maybe 11, you know, maybe 10 or 11, somewhere there. Mm -hmm. And he basically taught us how to cook crack. And um, so mm -hmm. that at a young age, was, it was kind of crazy because of the things you're exposed to, but I learned something about business there. You know, I didn't think about it as like, oh, well, it's cool that we're learning how to cook crack. No, 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 no. It was, I'm learning something that can help me capitalize on it. <clears throat> so went back home. I started getting involved in my own business of like selling drugs. You know, I started selling pills, weed and all that stuff. Then I got caught in school, went to boot camp, and I couldn't, you know, go out. One day I caught myself, you know, looking under the sink and I found a pair of clippers. And I started cutting my own hair. I was still going back to regular school, right? After boot camp, I went back to regular school. And people were telling me, who cuts your hair? So I was kind of like, uh, I do. And they said, well, can you cut my hair? I was like, I'll go over to your crib. I said, you know what? Might as well. My grandparents weren't really sure about this idea. They said the only way they're going to come over unless you charge. And so since I learned how to hustle at a young age, you know, I thought about that, that same thing here. We have, you know, pills, drugs, crack, whatever you can capitalize on that. I had a pair of clippers that I can also use to capitalize on it. So that's where I started inviting my friends to come over because my grandparents wouldn't let me see my friends and they couldn't come over unless I was charging them for the haircut. And I started cutting hair like around 12, 13, 14, all the way till now 27. That's crazy, man. You were cooking crack. I, I didn't even know how to cook at the age of 11. You know, it sounds like something out of a movie. And you said you found these clippers in the sink. Did you ever find out who these clippers belong to? I think it were, I think it was probably my uncle's clippers, you know, and it's crazy. I found them under mm. the sink and I thought to myself, you know what? I'll just cut my own hair. So I started cutting my own hair and next thing you know, people were asking. And from there, it was just kind of like, you know, still to this day, I don't even, I, I could say they're my uncle's clippers, but you know, it's still to this day, I didn't know whose clippers they were. I do remember they were like the basic wall clippers that you get from Walmart. Mm. Now, I, I know you're not religious, but maybe something or someone placed them there for a reason, man. You went through, you know, this, this harsh time, you know, getting in trouble, you know, being in this situation, being in this scenario where, you know, you might get and end up being killed, man, or, you know, uh, put mm -hmm. yourself in a lot of danger. So I'm just happy you were able to, and maybe maybe you agree or disagree, but do you, do you, do you feel that sometimes in life, we have to go through all these hardships in order to come into a realization that, look, I've been through all these tough times. Now it's time for me to learn. It's time for me, for me to be happy. What do you think about that? Do you agree or disagree? 
I agree. You know, ultimately, when you asked me in the very beginning, who is Orion? And I think Orion is an individual that carries these traits and their personality and some habits that they've carried from their childhood to now. All of the experiences is ultimately who makes Orion, you know, like a person who likes to take risk. Yeah, yeah. That sees no limit, you know, that once in a while doesn't obey the law in a sense. I'm not saying I'm still involved in bad mm -hmm. things, but of course. I, I do mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, you just kinda you gotta I guess in a sense, hey, you know what? There is no limit to what I can do. Um and if you have that mindset, then you're not gonna get anywhere in life. You kinda have to do what you gotta do. I, I live by the saying and I have the saying tatted on my chest, saying that um only the strong survive, you know? So exactly. this is a world of survival of the fittest. So if you're in a position that you have no experience in, you're not gonna make it out. Or you're not gonna be able to, you know, foresee that that place ultimately. Yeah, and it's all about adaption. I mean, 2020 was a great example. If, if you don't adapt, you're going to get left behind. And we saw that businesses being closed down because they were not ready for the, you know, the digital world, the social media, the internet. And, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, I saw a lot of business closed down and with signs saying, you know, thank you for so many years of service. And, you know, that's, that's just insane. And in the topic of 2020, what is one thing that you learned because of the lockdown? Did you pick up a hobby? Did you end up reading books? What was one thing that you learned because of the lockdown? On the lockdown, uh, before COVID happened, I remember I was going 100 miles an hour. You know, I was a barber. Mm -hmm. I was also an educator and also taught a class. And I was working at a school, did a lot of traveling. I was on grind mode. I was, you know, in that hustle culture that toxic hustle culture and and it felt great and it was something that i that i feel like that was my moment of tunnel vision 2020 showed me how to slow down and really take things one at a time because i personally think 2020 for me was a blessing uh for others it must have been really bad but for me i see it as a blessing because not only did i learn how to slow down but you know, those things that I've had um, in my past, like past traumas and, you know, little habits that I carried from my childhood that made me go 100 miles an hour has allowed me to just sit down with my thoughts and heal those things, heal the trauma, find the balance in my life, really understand what I really want. And at the same time, still trying to survive, you know, it was a moment where you either make it or you break it, you know. <clears throat> yeah yeah and i feel that's the biggest battle in life it's a battle you have within yourself and it just makes me very happy that you were able to take some time meditate i know you do a lot of meditation you're a very spiritual mm -hmm. person you read a lot of books of all these great philosophers this ways of thinking and I'm, it makes me very happy that you've reached a point in your life where you're not only happy with what you're doing but happy with who orion is and yeah. you know that's something that a lot of people unfortunately don't end up doing, finding who this person is, you know, finding these routines, these habits in life. So that makes me very happy, very happy. So 2020 was a successful year for Orion. So how did you, what did you end up doing? You know, cause you couldn't go back to cutting hair since you were so close to the individual. What did mm -hmm. you end up doing to help you bring in that income 
while the barber, being a barber was on hold at the moment, what was something that brought in that income? Yeah, during that time, and it was crazy because I was somebody in the industry that's really known. They, you know, I went by Orion the Taylor Barber. And I remember at that time where mm -hmm. they were saying that by March 15th, I think it was March 15th, where our licenses were suspended, meaning we couldn't work at all. We just had to stay home. And then there was this whole politician or this whole belief system that was going on with social media where they looked up to us, the educators or the influencers of like, hey, your barber, your voice in the industry, what are you doing? And for me, in a sense, I disappeared before they they reached out to me. And it was it was, you know, I've heard different ideas like, no, don't cut during this virus, don't do this, or yes, you gotta work, you know, if you don't work, you don't need. I did what I had to do, you know, and so I closed out social media and I started doing house calls. I started calling on my clients. And it was a it was a scary place to be in because the, here was this pandemic where it was ultimately people were dying, you know. And for me, I felt like, man, this is this is the most scariest point out of my life. But it was also the best part of my life because this is where you actually jump off the ship and you got to swim. So not only did I just cut hair and do house visits, I started learning on how to day trade, how to invest my money, which is something I've been doing for a while, but I wanted to pick up on day trading options, which is very different. I was also painting because I was trying to pass time. You know, we spent so many days locked up in the, in the house. For me, I was driving around doing haircuts, but on my spare time, I wanted something else to do because we couldn't hang out with people. So I started painting. And on top of that, I started selling shirts. I started making shirts on motivational quotes or barber gear and stuff like that. I did all of these things and I still, I, I capitalized a lot during the pandemic. You know, that was one thing that I remember of 2020, I capitalized on many things and even photography as well too. So cutting hair, day trading, uh, selling paintings, also selling shirts, and then photography. Like those were five things that I did. And that was what I remember of 2020, bro. You know, just capitalizing on it, trying to make it. <clears throat> That, that that's amazing and not only did you learn one thing you learned you know more than three things which is insane and you know unfortunately you know we did have people pass away you know may they rest in peace but again it's all about adapting adapting to the situation and you know it just makes me happy you learned so not only a barber painter photographer day trader i mean to me you're a very motivational person I, to me i see yourself as a public speaker because you did end up teaching these classes, these seminars, in which I believe you won first place, you ended up winning first place in mm -hmm. uh, one of these barber tournaments. And I remember you telling me that you won first place. So it just takes a lot, man. It takes a lot. And do you feel that being able to adapt is something that you learn or is something that, you know, it's something that you already have? Being able to adapt to these different scenarios. Yeah, I think the human, you know, um, the way we do things in life, if you go back to like animals where it's like, we have a fight or flight response, you know, you can either fight it head on, whatever the experience is, or you can ultimately just run away from it. 
but the body is really good at telling you what's going on. It ultimately takes you to kind of like make the decision. So I personally think that everything that I've done in a sense, it was, you know, you'll, you'll go on it head on. You might fail. And if you do, you learn mm -hmm. from it. But if you don't, you're going to continue mm -hmm. the same cycle until you learn that lesson or you learn to move on to the next level. So every experience you go through is always going to be a learning experience, even if you're afraid to just go out there and speak in front of people. That was one of the biggest experiences in my life that I was really fearful about is going up on stage and talking to like 100 plus people during these seminars. You know, this was something that I had to learn to do. I had to learn how to get the audience attention while learning how to control my anxiety with, with also learning how not to go into my insecurities. It was just a lot of things that, you know, it was a learning experience. And ultimately I, you know, uh, sharpened up my skills to speak in front of people. And on top of that, I've learned how to build that confidence and speaking in front of people as well, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Basically. And you're a man that knows this stuff. Mm -hmm. You're a man who knows this stuff, who knows the material. So all you needed to do is feel comfortable in that situation and just, you know, hey, here's what we're doing today. We're talking about this and this and that. And I know we've dibble dabbled. We've talked about you starting your own, you know, day trading seminar where you, where you want to teach people how to do this. You, you're a man that doesn't really keep that information to himself. You want people to learn like, hey, look, this is how you do it. And I like how you're very straightforward. You're very, hey, look. This is how it is. You you need to invest your money. You might lose your money, but in the long run, you know this is what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm glad you have that transparency. Not not a lot of people nowadays have that transparency, especially on social media or even mm -hmm. in life. They're just you know sugar coated. They always tell you the positive thing is you know you're the type of person that says, hey look, this this and this. But in the long run, you're going to learn these. And I feel once a person knows how to day trade, I think that person can now teach other people. So it's kind of like this tree of like knowledge and helping people grow and learn these skills, which I mean, if you're not learning, if you're just being stagnant, I mean, you're going to be left behind. So it's all about learning. And we talk about YouTube being, being a great, one of the greatest things in the whole world. You can literally go on YouTube, how to day trade, how to do this. And I think you, and I don't know if you want to touch upon this, you actually have somebody that you will watch on YouTube that tells you more about day trading. I don't know if you want to touch more on that. Yeah, ultimately, it's kind of like my own personal mentor. And, you know, if you want to get into something in, in life, ultimately, you know, and it's crazy, the, the thing with barbering, I've been cutting hair for a while. And before barbering, I was in school for business. I did drop out. But it, it was kind of like a thing where I didn't even know about barbering. Like, I knew how much I got paid in the garage. I just didn't know how much barbers made. So in business school, I was trying to be kind of like a stock manager portfolio. So I would manage, you know, portfolios of people's, you know, money and stuff like that. And to drop out of that to be a barber, which Google says we make 26,000 a year, they need to change it. But it, it was crazy. So I had to go find somebody who was in that industry. So I talked to a couple of barbers and took me under their wing and say, this is how things are going to work out. So anything that I've ever done in life, I've always ran to somebody who's involved in something. If somebody has a business, I'll talk to them. I'll pick their brain. If somebody 
you know, is dating, I'll go to them and ask them, how does a relationship work? If somebody is uh, a pillar in the community, whether it's church or starts its own, you know, leadership program, I talk to them, how to be a leader, how to lead people. And ultimately, I've always looked for these mentors that are involved in that industry, mainly the ones that specialize on it, you know, not the people that are like jack of all trades, like I'm a jack of all trades. I can teach you a thing or two and get in depth with it because I, I took the time to learn it. But the people that I've been mentored by, that's all they specialize in, you know? And so that's how I started, you know, learning how to day trade. And this person mentored me, showed me, and now I became really great at it by the experience, you know, learning from those things. And I was just like, I'm glad to have found this person. And on top of that, his YouTube channel, um, he provides all the information for free. He has his own online uh, course that's free. You can check it out. Perfect. Yeah, and we're going to go ahead and put all those links in the description. You know, like I said, if you can learn something on this podcast, whether it's from Orion, whether it's me, you know, that'll be great. And speaking of business school, dropping out of business school was a pivotal moment in your life. What made you drop out? But if you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So I even asked myself, why did I even start business school? You know, uh, there was a point in my life when I first moved down here to the Valley, I wanted to start a new life, right? I got involved with a church and this church, they were like hardcore Christians. Like we lived Christianity as a lifestyle every single day. And I lived in a household where everybody just went to college. I wasn't doing nothing. Here I was, I think 23, maybe 22, 23 not doing anything but working a minimum wage job. And I told myself, I need to do something better. You know, I remember working at Taco Bell and walking outside, looking at the stars. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to quit my job and just sell dope. And it's funny because I left Houston not to do those things anymore. But here I am, you know, working at Taco Bell, looking outside. I was like, man, I cannot do this minimum wage anymore. So then I went, applied to college. And from there, I was like, all right, bet I'm in the dorm. Then it wasn't something that I was interested in. You know, business was something I knew. I knew about business. I knew the hustle. I know how business works just because of my past. You know, I got to a point where it got a little bit tricky in, in business school because not only was I a student, I was also a leader in the church. And I was actually creating a club, which is a Bible talk. And ultimately, I created a um, a campus ministry. So I was doing a lot during business school. And then I got injured at work at Taco Bell, which is something that that was my turning point because now everything that I built, right. And that campus ministry that took time for me to, you know, build it, it's already there and then have the good grades so I can pass. And on top of that, make money. Now I was like, man, I can't make money right now. I don't have a campus ministry that I'm supposed to be, you know, leading because I'm a leader. And on top of that, I'm failing my grades because I'm going to so many sessions of physical therapy. And that's where my life turned around. I remember my manager at Taco Bell, she's like, Ryan, how long have you been cutting hair? You're really good at it. And I was just like, yeah, but I don't know if I want to do that, you know? And that's when I didn't know my full potential as a barber. So she says, look around, just think about it. So I looked around, I checked certain barber colleges and I was just there like, okay, maybe I can see myself do it. And this is a time where I was riding a bus 
to business school. I was riding three buses. I rode the bus from UTRGV to get to McAllen. And then from McAllen, I rode another bus to get to um, one of the campuses. And then I rode another bus to get into another campus during you know school hours. So I was riding three buses back and forth, two backpacks. I had a backpack for my books and my laptop. And then I had my Taco Bell backpack, which is my uniform. And I did that three days out the week. And this was a time where I didn't have no transportation. So I was like, okay, does the bus go to that barber school? And it did. And I went, I checked it out. They said they had this, uh, what do you call it? Scholarship program. And basically you have to write a letter and barber school will be from $10,000 and it'll be down to $3,400. So that means it was pretty much a, a great discount on it. And I thought, you know what? I'm really good at writing, so let's do it. So I did the scholarship and everything and I, I got it. I got accepted to barber school. Now I had to figure out how to drop out of business school. So I went to one of my instructors and I was asking her, hey, um, things ain't working out. I'm not passing. Ultimately, I have this scholarship. And she told me, well, what is it for? And I was like, to be a barber. And she says, oh, I have family that are barbers. They make a lot of money. I think you should do it. If that's the opportunity and you know yourself, do it. Because this is what kind of like changed my mind about, you know, business school. To really want to finish it, to not finish it at all. She says, Orion, I'm, you know, a professor, I shouldn't be saying this, but you don't need a business degree to start a business. And that's where I thought to myself, what am I doing here then? You know? And I think I was there because everybody in my household went to college. Everybody was doing it, you know? And here I am, Orion, not trying to be a follower, but being a leader to my own future. I went the path of the unknown and I decided to drop out of business school and start barber school. You know, that's crazy. You, you took, you took the path that is least taken. You took that risk. You took that leap of faith and shout out to your professor. Shout out to, you know, these people that motivate you to take that risk, man. Cause sometimes in life, we don't want to take that risk because we might fail and it's okay. It's okay to fail. You're going to, in life, you're going to fail, 25 times, but it's all about getting up 26 times. And, exactly. you know, that makes me very happy. And what he just said, and I, I feel a lot of listeners are going to get a little motivation when he just said that you don't need a business degree to run your own business. But hold up, ladies and gentlemen, don't just mm -hmm. open up so-and-so LLC, you know, hey, get educated, mentor somebody, you know, talk to somebody. Don't go out there and just, here's my business. Okay, where's the marketing? Where's the insurance? You know, what have you spoken? You know, how is it going to look? How are you? What's the goal? What's the goal of your business? What What is going to make me walk into your business and purchase something in order for you to make a profit? So, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need a degree, but you still need that knowledge. You still need that education, whether it's from Orion, which Orion, you know, he himself is a is a master of he's a great believer of self-education. So, ladies and gentlemen, whether it's on YouTube, picking up a book or Maybe talking to somebody in your own community, whether at church, say, hey, look, I'm trying to run a business. What is the first thing I need to do? And there's a lot of great people that love to talk about what their expertise because they want to help people. You know, so just ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye on that. Uh, so the other one, do you, do you regret? Do you regret dropping out of business school? Do you ever take some time, whether these couple of days where you're like, you know what? I want to go back to business school. I shouldn't have dropped out. You, do you regret your decision? Mm, 
you know, sometimes when I really sit down and I think it, you know, business school, I think college is great. College is very important in people's lives. And the reason why, because you can network with people. You can also learn how to structure your life, just how college structures your life. Uh, but do I regret it sometimes? Sometimes I feel like I do regret it, but then I remind myself that I'm not really missing out. You know, maybe I'm missing out in a table where it's like everybody talks about, I have a degree in this, I have a bachelor's or master's, or I do this and that, and they all went to college. But here I am, you know, that person, when it, when it gets to me at the table and they're like, so what college did you go to? And it's like, I didn't, I dropped out of college. Matter of fact, I dropped out of high school. I dropped out of college. But at the end of the day, like, I'm making X amount of money and I have freedom. And on top of that, I'm basically my own boss, you know? So yeah. it, it's an interesting yeah. conversation. And you got, you got your GED. Yeah, GED. Mm -hmm. So I got my GED. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There we go. There we go. So dropped out of high school. You know, you're going through all these things. You got your GED, decided to go to business school. You know, thanks to your professor and yourself, you decided, you know what? Business school isn't for me. And you and I are very similar. We're not going to go out there and say, hey, if you're in college right now, drop out. No, 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 because that's that, that's something that you have to decide on, everybody at home or whoever's listening. You are the one that's going to decide, okay, I'm going to stick this through. And there's great people that have business degrees, you know, degrees in life or whatever. Maybe they are successful. We're not saying that if you have a degree, you're not going to be successful. But, hey, school's not for everybody. You know, mm -hmm. some people don't like to sit down. They don't like to take notes. They don't like to take tests. Some people do, and that's totally fine. You know, we're not going to talk here for an hour saying that, no, if you're in college, you should drop out. No, no. Do what you have to do because everybody in life, in this life, has a journey. And people like us, whoever we do not have the right to say, stop what you're doing, drop out, do this instead. You know, we're, we're not like that. We're not like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so 2020, well, what I ended up learning from 2020, I decided to look in the stocks because I was like, what if, what if I lose my job? You know, what what am I going to do? Do I start? I created a YouTube channel where it's like those uh, sleeping, like to go to sleep, the music. Mm -hmm. And it was horrible. That was, I, I felt in that. That was horrible. I created a TikTok where I made like snacks. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be TikTok famous. Failed in that. That didn't work out. Stocks, I, I think I, I put my money in several like corporations saying like, oh, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to live off stocks. I looked up how much I need to invest in order to live off stocks. Not going to happen. You know, I don't, I don't have that income yet. Not yet, but one day I will. One day I will. So yeah, the same thing. Um, and just being indoors, I know my family was here. Being indoors, I kind of forgot about my mental health. I mm -hmm. kind of forgot to take time to meditate, get off of social media, or even the news. Everything was like, oh, this is and this is happening, the whole world, boom. And I was like freaking out. So that, that was one of the things that I didn't take upon myself to learn and better understand my mental health. And, you know, and as males, we sometimes forget about our mental health. It's kind of like just like... And you've heard it before. Oh, just deal with it. You're going to be fine. Just deal with it. Just deal with it. You're going to get through it. But you are a man who is a big believer in mental health. And can you yeah. please touch upon what do you do for your mental health, Orion? What do you do? Yeah. So right now, if I go to a psychiatrist, right, um, I'm considered bipolar depressive with mania. And if you, I don't know if you know what mania is. There's a time where I go with, you know, through my highs where I'm like on top of the world. I'm like feeling like Superman to my lows where I like, 
I just want to, you know, suicidal thoughts and depression and all that stuff. I learned that about myself when I was 18. No, 19. I, I remember there was a time where I was dealing with like anxiety and panic attacks. So I, I admitted myself into one of those hospitals, not the hospital, but it was like a, I guess, a, 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 a place where they offer services for counseling. Would it be a rehab center? Uh, tropical okay. behavioral center. Yeah. Tropical behavioral center. And, um, oh, okay. okay. so yeah, you know, it was, they labeled me and it's funny because I, you know, I dropped out of high school. So like I have this level of, um, education to myself. So I didn't know what mental health was. I didn't even know it was a thing until I went there and they said, Hey, you know what? You're bipolar depression. You, you're going to have to take these pills. And I was like, I don't take pills. How about we do surgery? And then. And it was funny because she's like, that's not how you fix it. Like, there is no surgery for this. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, all I know is a hospital does surgery and you get fixed, right? Me with my level of education, she's like, no, this is a mental thing. Like, this is what goes on in your mind. And I'm like, man, like, I'm a very tough person. Like, I'm pretty sure I can deal with this. And I couldn't. I took, you know, meds for like four and a half years. Until one day I just say, you know what, I'm done with this. So I stopped cold turkey and I started to basically work out, eat right, be outdoors. I did study a lot about psychology and, and all of those mental health books that they have out there in the library. And I got really good at understanding what bipolar depression was. And it was through my curiosity of learning what it was so that way I can fix it or heal it that now I don't think I've gone through an episode, you know, I honestly, to tell you the truth, I think I started going through episodes of mania when I was taking the medicine, because after I stopped, I don't know, I don't deal with episodes. I mean, there are times where I do feel like on top of the world, but that's just normal. And there are times, you know, where I feel like, oh man, but I learned how to cope with it. I think the best quality about me that I have is that I have a level of awareness that I've exercised for so long in my life that I know when I'm about to go through depression, that I know when it's too much, you know, that I'm dealing with or when I'm too, like, too excited about situations. And I control myself and I balance it and I understand what's going on. Man, that's great. Thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, as men, we, we go through life saying, que nombre, no pasa nada, you're going to be okay. Quiere llorar, quiere llorar. And mm -hmm. what do I do? You know, it's all good. Si yeah. pasa, si pasa, no hay problema. Pero thank you for sharing, man. And like I said, I'm just happy you're doing better. You know, I wouldn't have ever noticed that, you you know, you were bipolar. Pero that's mm -hmm. crazy. That's crazy. And I've had, I've had those moments as well where I get too excited about something. But now it's like, okay, just calm down. Take a breath. And there's times where I don't even want to get out of bed. You know, I'm literally bed for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I have a lot of friends and family that are like, hey, come on, get up. Let's go do something. Let's go work out. Let's go walk. Let's go watch some pro wrestling, which if you can tell by the shirt, I, I love pro wrestling. So that's something that kind of helps me with my mental health. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just doing something that you love, whether it's reading a book, whether it's working out, whether it's editing videos, whether it's talking to people. And like I said, whenever I go get a haircut, you know, it's it's also part of my mental health because you are a man of knowledge. And I'm not only am I getting a haircut, you're fixing up the beard, but you're sharing what you're doing. What, hey, and you always call me, you know, call me back and say, hey, look, 
have you started your podcast? Have you started this? You know, have you started, have you started selling these products? And, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, oh, you know, Ching Yao's Ryan, I haven't yet. So you always keep me on track, man. And I want to say, I'm very grateful for you for not only being my barber, but you know, that I can, I'll, I can, I'll call you my friend. You're, you're a very good person, man. And I'm very grateful for you, man. Thanks. So, you know, we, I've gone through stuff. You've gone through stuff, man. And I'm just makes me, makes me very happy that we've gone through these obstacles, man. We, we haven't, we haven't reached a point. Maybe we did back then. We we're like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be in this life anymore. I don't want to be part of this earth anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just happy we're able to get, get through that, man. Cause that, that's, a, that's a really big challenge. That's a really big obstacle. And I'm very happy we were able to jump over that obstacle because it's that question that I sometimes I'm looking at my singing and I'm like, what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do in life? And you, you've thrown, you've, you've talked about Aristotle, I believe, who, and I, I don't know if you want to talk about it. You said you you have you read this book that talks about purpose, talks about what are you supposed to be in doing life as a man, as a person. So I don't know if you can talk more about that book, if you do remember it, about seeking that purpose in life. So not so much, yeah, like philosophy philosophy books, but I think there's a story to kind of like um, make it short. And I think it's a Japanese story. It's about a man who um, I think he was a a worker in a factory and he was real happy. He was the happiest person in the factory. So uh, I think he got something happened in one of the conveyor belts where they had to cut off his arm and um, he had to pretty much stay and, and heal. So his life went from being really happy to being really depressed, not wanting to live anymore because he couldn't work. You know, he only had one hand. And he went to the doctor and says, hey, doctor, um, I don't want to live anymore. You know, he's like, well, what's wrong? He's like, I feel sad, depressed, suicide, whatever. He's like, no, no, no. I'll prescribe you something. So the doctor prescribed him a cow. And so here is this, you know, factory or used to be factory worker with a cow at home. And basically... He had to go feed the cow. So he went out there, fed the cow, went out there, fed the cow. And he started to notice that the cow was dripping. So he's like, all right, so now it's dripping. Great. So the cow was dripping milk. And then he started to milk the cow because, of course, you know, the cow was dripping. And now he had extra milk. Everybody was reaching out to him. Hey, you have a cow? Give us some milk. Hey, milk. So everybody knew this guy from being a factory worker to now being the milkman. And he went out there every single day and he started feeling a little bit more better. He started feeling like, wow, now I have a purpose. And ultimately it was the cow that the doctor prescribed him. So his purpose was to basically take care of this cow. And on top of that, he capitalized on it, you know, and he basically met the needs of people that needed milk, you know, um, So when it comes down to purpose, it's kind of sometimes your purpose is in front of you or sometimes your purpose is in your back pocket. You know, it's there with you. You just got to learn how to open your eyes and see it, you know. And that, that's a that's a great story. At first, I was like, what cow? Why do you want a cow for? <laughs> But, you know, I like that lesson at the end where it's like wherever you're working at, Wherever, wherever situation you're in, you know, you just got to make sure you keep going forward, moving forward, whether you're working at McDonald's and a lot of people, 
you know, they talk smack about working McDonald's. I mean, who cares? I mean, working at McDonald's, you're an employee, cashier, cook. That does not represent you. It is just a job. It is a job. Because of that job, you're bringing food home. You're providing for the family. You know, you, you don't have to be a cashier. You can move on up and, mm. you know, hopefully one day reach where you own a franchise, where you own your own location. So I, I just don't like the stigma. Oh, you work at a HEB. No, I mean, I'm, I have a job. I'm going to school. I'm doing this. Sometimes we don't know what people are going through where it's like, oh, this guy, Orion, he's just a barber. He just cuts hair. What, what does he know about anything? No, I mean, look at you. You you know all these things. And so, you know, maybe sometimes we shouldn't really judge a person just because they work at a drive through They do this, they do that. I mean, we don't know what this person's working on. Maybe they're working on an invention. Maybe they're working on something that's going to help many, many people. Maybe they have their own TikTok with 300 followers or not 300, maybe like 3,000 followers, 3.1 million followers. You know, that's something we don't know. So overall, make sure you guys treat your fast food workers with respect. Treat them nice because at the end, we do not know what they are going through. We don't know what they're working on. So, and I like that story. I'm going to go ahead and buy a cow and I'm going to go ahead and put that story to the test and I'm going to make sure to make millions of dollars at the end. So I'm very happy about that. So we had a good little conversation about mental health and with mental health comes physical health. Now, since the first day I saw you, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm looking at you right now. You're a little chubby. You're a chubby man. I'm not going to lie. But man, you leaned out, man. You, you lost some weight and you, you've posted some progress on your Instagram channel. And we're going to go ahead and put uh, Orion's Instagram and YouTube channel in the bottom so you guys can check it out. But go ahead and walk us through your physical journey, your physical health journey. You know, how did you lose all this weight, bud? Yeah, it all, you know, I think my journey, I, I've always been that individual, you know, before you met me, I, I was an individual that always worked out. Uh, I think I started working out when I was like 14 years old in football. Um, from there, I started taking like real, um, like real stuff. Like I started taking steroids and all that. Like I was real fit. Then I got injured on my back. I lost all of that and I gained a lot of weight, moved down to the Valley. I didn't have a gym or nothing. So I started doing like house workouts, uh, body weight and all that stuff. During college, I think I started taking those meds and those meds is what made me blow up. See the thing about, um, you know, um, if you're taking meds, right. For your mental health or whatever, it's a good thing. And it's a bad thing. You know, ultimately what you're, you need to do right. And I'm not a physician or nothing, but ultimately the goal is to either minimize the use of it or just not use it at all. You know, you want to get yourself there. The thing about these meds is that they have side effects and the side effects that these meds gave me is that they made me blow up. They threw my hormones off like crazy. Um, it was just, it was bad. And I gained a lot of weight. I went from, you know, when I first moved down here, I was like 179, 180 to 260. You know, I was big. I was a big boy. Now, I didn't want to get back into working out because I was just making a lot of money, right? I didn't have time for it. I remember I had a, a co-worker. He's like, hey, we know the nutritionist, so let's hire him and he'll help us lose weight. And it's funny because one of my jobs down here in the Valley was being a personal trainer. I used to be a fitness director and a personal trainer, but that was before I took those meds. 
So I knew what a nutritionist is going to teach me already. I just didn't want to do it. But I paid the fee. I hired the nutritionist. And it's funny because I was the only one that lost the weight. My other friend wasn't able to lose the weight. You know, he kind of quit. I took it as a challenge and said, you know what? I'm just going to lose it. And I went from 260 to 240, 240 to 220. And then right now I'm 195. And this is like a couple of years, you know, because I'm cutting and maintaining and then to leaning out. And right now I'm just maintaining leaning out. It's good, man. Sounds like a pyramid scheme. You know, it sounds like you're the only one that, that profited and <laughs> gained out of this. That's good. That's good that, that you put through it. Now, and it's not only working out. You know, I'm glad you brought the nutritionist into this conversation. It's all about what you eat as well. You know, mm. nothing wrong with the pizza every now and then, but just make sure you're either eating healthy a couple of days, maybe drinking some water, maybe don't drink enough soda, you know, every now and then. So you ended up losing a good amount of weight and you still are. Do you still go to the gym? To this day, are you still going to the gym every now and then? Yeah, gym is um, one and, of the things that I, mm -hmm. I, I do all the time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video recently. I think that Arnold Schwarzenegger came out and the guy asked him, like, why do you still go to the gym? Like, you're X amount of years old already. Like, shouldn't you relax? And he's like, no. Are you going to stop brushing your teeth? And the guy was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, brushing your teeth is a habit. Going to the gym is a habit. Ultimately, what you want to do is keep that habit in your life. Being, having physical therapy in your life is essential for a healthy mind and a healthy body. <clears throat> Correct. You're absolutely right. And, you know, speaking about your videos, there's a video where you're running at the park and you have this real nice uh, awesome. drone shot that you like to do. Do you actually run? in that video or do you just kind of run a little bit and just say hey look everybody i ran or, or do you actually run uh i'm watching i'm keeping an eye on you for the video it was yeah and it's funny i knew it i did the I drone thing and i was uh, i have a friend that who's helping me use the drone and for some reason i had to shoot that scene about 10 times because we were having trouble with the whole sport motor or whatever it is on the drone and that's where that sweat came in. So a lot of people thought I actually ran. I was like, no, I was sweating because I was outside and shooting the same clip like 10 times and it made me sweat. Yeah. I was like, damn, yeah, I'm actually yeah. working out, you know? Yeah, yeah man, those, the drone that you add to your videos is great. You know, it's not the usual intro where it's kind of like the text or like I say, it's a beautiful view, you know, up in the sky, man. So that's amazing. I'm glad you were able to bring that drone as well into your video. So I just feel that's a great progress, not only for you, but for your viewers as well. And, you know, it makes a very enjoyable video. So the last video that I ended up watching, and I thought this was one of those fake thumbnails that I believe it's 134,000 in America's poorest county. I honestly thought that was like one of those uh clickbait i thought it was a clickbait, clickbait. i was like, there's no way this guy makes that money my much that there's no way this guy makes this much money that i don't even i don't even know you made that much money man so can you tell and then again we'll put make sure to put that video in the in the description below again 134,000, ladies and gentlemen in america's poorest county so tell us how you were able to create that video tell us what tell us a little bit of the background that made you become the person you are today that is able to make that much money, you know, in today's economy. But if you can tell us more about that. Oh yeah, definitely. So the hundred, uh, yeah, it's $135,000 in America's poorest County. 
Hidalgo County is one of America's poorest county. Um, So I remember in my barbering career, I met this guy named D.L., the master barber. He's like really known. This guy used to cut Tupac and Biggie's hair when they used to be alive, right? And he actually mentored me. And he told me all the time, he's Ryan, you got to raise your prices on haircuts. Raise your prices so you can have time to do, you know, anything else. Learn how to make more money. Spend time with family. Don't work a lot. And it's crazy because as men, we are taught to work a lot, right? But what he told me is like, if you're working all the time, you're never going to learn how to make money. I didn't understand that. I was like, no, I'm making money because I'm working a lot. But the idea of what he was trying to tell me is like, work X amount of hours, pick up the prices of your haircut. And then on your spare time, learn how to make more money, learn how to invest it, learn other sources of income. And he was real big on it. And that's exactly what I did in my seminars. I also taught people. I feel like down here in this community, I was one of the voices of the industry where it's like, hey, charge your worth, raise your prices on those haircuts, because I was inspired by that man. Now, I remember... In the beginning of my barbering career, uh, I think the first year it was 32000 right? 32000 and I was charging like, I don't know, like $10, $10 a haircut. Went from 32000 to 45 and then from 45 to 60 and then from 60 to 70 and then that's when the pandemic came about. So that was kind of like a situation where I was like, man, I'm on the roll. And the only reason I'm on the roll is because I wrote this paper down years ago. And I wasn't even a barber yet when I wrote it down. I just said that I want to make X amount of money in five years, right? So COVID threw off my income. I think that income with everything all together, I was at 98 or something. And then I picked up day trading. Now, day trading was kind of like the icing to it, you know? And I started to make money. And I started playing the consistent game where it's like, okay, make $100 a day. If I can make $100 a day, then I'll move to $200 a day. So I started learning how to make the $100 a day. And then I made the $200 a day. So my $135,000 income, right? It's still going to be doubled. I'm not saying doubled, right? But I'm aiming for next year to be 200K. And that's part of my growth mindset. Like, I need to grow my income, not because I want to be rich or any of that. It's just part of a growth. You know, that's how I personally calculate, you know, me as an individual of making money. You know, a lot of people calculate their success through their degrees, through um, maybe their family. I calculate my success by my income and how I'm doing. If I can make a lot of money, but yet still have time to do whatever I want then I became successful. And that's why I work 25 hours a week and I make, you know, 1600 to 2000 a week cutting hair. And I also make a thousand each week trading stocks, you know, a thousand to 1500. And sometimes there's home runs that push more. So I could be more this year, 138, 140, if I find those home runs in the market, but I'm playing the consistent game. And it's always being consistent with your profits and consistent with your income and make sure you have a game plan for the next level of your income, you know? 
Man, that's awesome. And again, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind that Orion was not an overnight success. They took years, you know, months, days, and hours, hours of learning the day trade, learning how to be a better barber. Now, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind that when you do go to a barber and you see the, he tells you hey, it's going to be this much, you know, don't get freaked out. You know, again, Orion has been cutting hair for years, five-star reviews on Booksy. I mean, this guy knows his stuff. So if he tells you, hey, look, it's going to be this amount, don't freak out, ladies and gentlemen, and you're paying for the man's time. You know, it, Orion, like any other person in this planet, has 24 hours on this planet, or I'm sorry, 24 hours not on this planet, on a day. So he wants to make sure he's able to, you know, cut, you know, as many haircuts as he can while still being able to enjoy his freedom to go to the gym, spend time with, you know, his family, go work out, go have dinner, you know. So that's why, you know, these prices end up going up and up and up. Now, Orion, a little quick question for anybody that might be a barber at home. When is it time to raise your prices as the barber? When do you feel it's it's time for the barber to maybe $5 more, $10 more? When do you feel it's time for the barber to bring up his prices? Uh, the way I did it personally was when I became, so when I first started barber school, I wanted to be like that barber that was known. So I put myself in the best position. I worked, not only did I work, uh, you know, one of those shops that taken a lot of walk-ins, right? I was cutting consistently. I also competed. I got three trophies, first, second, and third. I became an educator in the industry. I started to also take classes as well. So I, it was funny because people would see me like, hey, you're going to go up and speak. I was like, no, I'm here to take the class. And they're like, no, but you're Ryan the Taylor Barber. You should speak about your financial literacy. I said, no, I'm fine. I, I'm learning. I'm learning right now. So when I sit a client down, right, I think about how much I'm going to be wasting on material and haircuts, how long the haircut will take, and ultimately my level of experience. So I, I started raising my prices every six months. Every six months, I started raising my prices about 2 to $5. And right now I'm at 30 you know, just to fade. And then fade and beard is 40. Anything extra is extra. But I think when you're ready to raise your price is when you're ready because you took the time to learn other things, to own your craft and know that, okay, this is, this is how it works. What I don't like about the barbering community now is that the people who are graduating straight up the bat are already charging 30 bucks. You know, I know whoever's watching this, they might be in New York, California, they're charging more. They're like, no, nah, that 30 but trust me. And, you know, Hidalgo's poorest county, that's a lot for haircut, you know. But these people that are fresh out of barber school, right, are already charging a premium. They haven't put the time and effort like us, you know. And it's, it's crazy because they're posting about their side hustle. Don't get me wrong, side hustles are dope. But what that's telling me is that you're not really getting in a lot of clientele, you know, you're probably cutting like four or five people a day at that price. What you have to do is you have to set yourself up for success. Work at the busiest shop. Maybe you have to charge 10 bucks a haircut. Take everybody in. I remember I doing seven days a week for two years. And that's how I build my clientele. I came up with the next strategy. Okay. Ask them how often they get a haircut. 
All right, you get a haircut one, twice, three times a month. Okay, I'm going to keep you on my list. Oh, you're a business owner or you work a professional job? Even better, you're going to be my client. All the clients that I have right now that are paying the premium, I basically planned it out five years ago because they all have businesses or professionals and they know that what they're paying is going to be a quality cut and they're able to pay it. Everybody who's graduating barber school, they want to charge that premium and they don't have that experience charging a premium. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I have to be with you. They have to get that experience going. They have to build that name in the barber community because, I mean, there's a lot of barbershops here in Hidalgo. I mean, going down the street, there's two, three, four, five already, which is competition. But again, what you have to focus on, ladies and gentlemen, and again, Orion would agree, is make a name for yourself. Make a name for yourself. You know, be the, the barber that always takes walks in and walk-ins and always has a great and, and speak to your clients, guys. Speak to your clients. Don't just be cutting the hair 50, 20 minutes. It's an awkward situation. It's super quiet. Nobody's talking. And that's what I liked about Ryan. Ryan actually talked to me. He's like, what do you do? What are you about? You know, ladies and gentlemen, it takes a lot to look this good. And Ryan does his best. Believe me, he does his best to make sure this looks good. So shout out to Ryan. So, again, I know the first time I walked in, I think Rich was busy. And you're like, oh, I'll take you. And I was like, awesome. And then from there, you know, you've been my barber for a good while. And, you know, that's something that I really appreciate. So, ladies and gentlemen, build a name for yourself. Practice, practice, practice. And then that's when you, you go ahead and start building up those prices. So, you're a great barber, day trader. Go ahead and tell me about some some failed projects. But some failed projects, you know, something you failed in that you're like, you know what? You know, that's something that I, I should go back on or it didn't work out for me because of this. You know, before before you start talking, you know, I talked about TikTok that that didn't end up working for me. Mm -hmm. There was something the YouTube channel didn't end up working for me. You know, that's something of the stuff that I felt in. So I don't know if you want to talk about some of the projects that you've seen that you were going to finish or ended up being successful in, but ended up, you know, not doing so well. And what are some projects that you ended up failing in? But yeah, um, so. Maybe we should talk about failure, you know, failures, like, in, in general, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of failures in my life. I remember failing at school was something that I, I was always doing. I was always going to summer school. I uh, failed at relationships as well, too. I've also failed at, um, what's it called? You know, even sports, like, yeah, I was in football. Everybody's like, oh, I was in football. Like, what'd you play? And I was like, yeah, I'm right lineman. But, dude, I mean, failed at that position. Um Failed in college too, failed in high school. You know, failures are there. They're always going to be there and they're there for, for, for a reason, right? Now, what does that do to, you know, like your self-esteem, right? Like, man, you're not good enough or whatever. Then you start doing all these business projects, right? Like with me, with my shirt business, I started with like the physical, the physical stuff with like the shirts and all the stuff that I needed to create these shirts and sell them, took it online, did the whole Shopify thing. That business failed, uh, didn't work out really well. On top of that, I started another business on candy. <laughs> that was a nerve failing business. And, um, I remember that, Yeah, you remember that? And even day trading, bro. Like I remember fading. Yeah, I've blown two accounts. I'm already on my third account that those two accounts added up for $17,000 that I lost. 
You know, a lot of people be like, damn, losing $17,000. Yeah, so losing $17,000. Um, I think failure is healthy in your life. And the reason why is because it gives you that opportunity to get up and say, all right, why did I fail? What could I do different? You know, there's been so many times in my life that people come up to me and I feel like I can smell a failed business opportunity or I sense that, man, that is a, you might fail in that area, you know? And I think recently there was like a business partnership that, uh, I went in and I wasn't saying, I wasn't when saying it was a failed business. Right. But me personally, as an individual, I'm going to fail on this because I have no idea how to run this type of service. I'm just a barber. I day trade. I know how to hustle and grind, but there are some things that you might fail in. So for me, I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to fail at this. It's better to kind of like play it safe. This is a time when you know you got to play it safe or cut your losses. I think uh, what people don't want to do is people don't like to lose, bro. Nobody likes to lose. I don't like losing, don't. you know, but I think losing is a part of life because how are you going to know what's important or how important it was to you unless you lose it, you know? And so when you lose something, you're like, oh, man. Exactly. It has you, it has you thinking, you know, you're like, dang. But failure is important in people's lives. And you're going to fail many times. I'm still going to fail continuously. But it's what I do with those failures, you know? Am I going to rack them up and throw a pity party? Exactly. No. I'm going to learn from those failures because failure ultimately makes me a better individual and what I'm doing. Exactly. I mean, speaking about things that I felt in, también Shopify, that didn't work out. You know, I tried, you know, to sell, I mean, a little bit of snacks también didn't work out. And again, it's part of life, like life, like you just said, it's part of life. You're going to fail so many times in life, but it's a learning process. Are you going to complain about it? You know, not doing that. Or are you going to learn from those mistakes? And we talked about failed relationships as well. I mean, there's relationships that, you know, I, you know, it didn't work out. You know, what are you going to do? You know, you got to keep on moving, man, because life keeps on moving. You can't stay in your bedroom in bed, you know, crying or, you know, putting yourself down. And don't put yourself down, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's part of life. If you're not failing, you know, when, when, are, you, when are you going to know what success is? Now, I, I told you about this quote that in life, you know, I'd rather live a life of failure than a life of what if. What if I would have started a candy business? What if I would have started a Shopify business? What if I would have been a partner with the business? I mean, you know that because of your experiences, they didn't work out. And you know, you have closure. You know, it's time to move on. What's the next step? What do we got to do next? Now, speaking of about what's next, what is something that you have your eyes on next? What is what is Orion focusing on now? You're a successful barber, successful barber. You are a day trader. You're a brother, you're a friend, you're all these things. What is the next step for Orion? What is he going to focus on now? Yeah, the next thing that I'm going to focus on. So before I move on, what I'm going to focus on next, I think it's important to kind of like understand that everything that I've done in the past, right? Having tunnel vision, being in the hustle culture, grinding it out. All that does take a lot of sacrifice. And if I were to go back and do it different, I would have. 
to be the best barber, to pick up day trading and make all this money, right? Uh, and, and still going forward, you know, I sacrificed relationships. You know, I think there's, you know, when I talk about freedom, like freedom is dope. Like it, it's really good to have freedom. But where I'm at now with this freedom, it's like here I am at a place or a vacation spot or even an event. I have nobody to share it with, you know, <laughs> and I got there because I wanted to be the best barber. I wanted to be the, you know, I, it, it, it's crazy because I didn't think that, you know, when they told me that it's lonely at the top, I don't want to say like I'm, maybe I'm the 10 percenters because the 10 percenters of the world make over 100K, right? But they say it's lonely at the top, and I didn't know what they meant about that. I just thought that maybe people don't understand you and what you're doing, that it's lonely at the top. No, I think what it is is that you have tunnel vision for so long that you're like, man, you know, like, uh, like I could have had a couple of more relationships in my dating life. I could have had, you know, best friends in my life that I can share these opportunities with. So where I'm at now is that I kind of slowed down from the whole hustle culture thing. And I decided to say, you know what? I've learned every financial literacy book. I've learned everything that I need to know about philosophy and, and all, all of these things in life. Now it's time to build a life that I want to live. And what does that mean? Well, build those relationships, live life and enjoy it, enjoy the journey, right? And ultimately work on projects. Don't see it as a tunnel visual thing, a tunnel vision thing where I have to do it. I have to get there fast as possible. No, these projects are going to have to take patience. And that's where I'm at right now. So I'm, I've been going out here and there meeting a couple of people trying to stop being introvert, you know, or tunnel vision and really just get to meet different personalities. You know, I think it's important besides the money. I think relationships are important in life. You know, um, that's where we get our feel for love or trust and, you know, some type of companionship. And I think everybody needs their, their crew. Everybody needs their crew, their support system. And if you don't have it, it's going to get lonely, you know, and I'm a person, I'm a lone wolf by nature. Yeah. I love to be alone, but there are some times where I just want to share certain moments with individuals, you know? So I think my next step in life is, uh, Man, relationships, you know? Man, that, that was, that was beautiful, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. First of all, I've numbered it, brother. If you want to hang out, just say it, man. You don't have to go on and Definitely. on and on. If you want to hang out, just say it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it. Or now we're going to go ahead and hook up Orion with a companion, a partner. So, ladies, if you are interested, go ahead and send me an email. I'm going to go ahead and put my email in the description. We're going to go ahead and make sure Orion is married by two weeks. Two weeks is the deadline, ladies. So if you're interested, again, barber, day trader, entrepreneur, I mean, what can this guy do? So ladies, if you're interested, go ahead and send me an email and I'll make sure you are the lucky woman who is with this gentleman right here. But you're right, my friend, it does get lonely. You might have X amount of money, but if you don't have anybody to share that moment with, whether it's going on to Hawaii, celebrating, going to concerts, it does get lonely, man. It does get lonely. So I wish you nothing but success in your business aspect, your day trading, your barber, your YouTube channel. 
<clears throat> everything that you're doing, I wish you nothing but success, but I wish you success also in the relationship aspect. And I think you've spoken to, and you've read books about relationship. And I feel compared to the Orion that used to have the relationship, I feel you are now more educated on how to communicate more with your partner. And, hey, look, this bothers me. How let's do this. Or even times where you're like, you know what? I kind of need my space today. I'm going to work on a few things. You know, I need my space. So I think now Orion is a great individual to be in a relationship. Now you're more prepared. I feel back then you weren't as prepared, just like me. I feel I wasn't prepared, but now I've learned from my mistakes. Again, it's part of being human, and I think we're ready to get back out there. Ladies, you've heard it now. Two individuals who are ready to go back into the dating scene. We're on Hinge. We're on Tinder. We're in Bubble. We're in everything. So make sure to swipe right for these individual bachelors but my friend my friend it's been an honor it's been a pleasure what is the one thing that you would tell your younger self brother what is the one thing and so my younger self honestly and we hear it all the time bro all the time just be patient you know i think your time will come whether it's success whether it's a family whether it's that opportunity just be patient i'm a person that jumps like i just pull the trigger that's just who i am like i jumped the gun no fear but i think when you have patience you know in your life you're gonna succeed in many things that's why all these individuals like for example warren buffett warren buffett didn't become a billionaire until he was like 50 you know and he kept on adding more to his portfolio elon musk well we already know what elon musk is doing you know he's working a lot and ultimately, the person you look up to, you know, everything has patience. That's where the idea where Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, you don't build a family right away. You know, it's like, oh, let's have kids. And by tomorrow, they'll be like 15, 18, going to college or whatever. No, no, no. All that takes time. So being patient and allowing you to understand that everything is a journey and you're supposed to enjoy it, right? Yeah, you're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs, but that is life. Life is the biggest journey. And again, the, you are the main star. You're the main actor that's going to, going going through all these obstacles, all these obstacles in life. And I feel at the very end, you're going to look back. You're going to look at your failures. You're going to look at your friends. You're going to look at all these people that you've met. And I feel once you reach a certain age in our life, like if one day you and I are in the same retirement home, and we can look back and say, hey, look, podcast success, day trading success. Barber school success, my day trading seminars are success. That's when I feel we've made it in life, man. You know, and hopefully we're in Lamborghinis and Bugattis and surrounded by, you know, all these lovely ladies. But before that, again, it's all about being patient. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave Orion's YouTube channel, his Instagram, his booksy as well. Anybody that's looking for a good haircut, my boy Orion has your back. But like always, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure, been an honor. Orion, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and joining me on this episode.